Howdy, howdy, y'all. Hey, guys. This is Lee and Deborah Gore. Yes, on my story, my excuse me, my <laughs> life, my story. I've always got to catch that because we said it for so long as the Team Libra podcast, I know, which I know. is the same Maybe podcast. It is. Just, just Still us. different. Yeah. So my life, my story podcast. Here's my teacher reminder for you. In the alphabet, L comes before S. So my life comes first, and then my story comes well, second. Well, I usually, well, did I say it backwards? I did, didn't I? Yeah, my story, <laughs> my life. Okay. See? Yeah, Hello. my life, my story. That's why I was made to be a teacher. Yeah. Now well, you're always <laughs> teaching me stuff. So you know, I know. Someday I I'll know colors, and I'll know the alphabet. <laughs> Yes, uh, today, um, while you're listening to this podcast, if you haven't already, go up there and follow us at the top of whatever podcast app you're listening on, and uh, make sure, hopefully you're enjoying our stories, well, other people's stories, our interviews with them, telling their life stories, but share them with your friends and family, and uh, maybe promote us, get us out there so more people get to hear all these interesting stories. Give us some reviews some five star reviews four star reviews what is it how far does it go the five, highest stars five, you yeah, can yeah, go star <laughs> crazy so and you know yeah. if you have any questions or anything you can email us at our email address of team libra mm-hmm. t-e-a-m-l-e-e-b-r-a at gmail.com visit our website which is still currently team libra at or teamlimber.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're interested in having your story, you think you got an interesting story, send us an email on that also. Yeah. Maybe we can follow up with you. by. We can do it by phone. We do it in, by, in person, but we'll yeah. do it by phone easily enough. Either these or. Are fun. These are fun getting to know people. So Oh, I know. Like one of my favorite parts is just getting to know people and learning more of the backstory sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, and speaking of our guest that we have for you today, uh, we actually met him because he was sharing about Compassion International, yes, uh, where you can sponsor a child, and um, you know we learned that it's much more than just you know sending money for I don't know it's just more like a change of lifestyle and you know yeah Scott shares about his pathway from mm-hmm. youth all the way up to where he's at now right and his skepticism of the program that he's actually a big right. part of right now and how God showed him. This is where you need to be. Right. It's a really cool story. It is a fun story. And it's funny because we kept wanting to like, yeah, you'll hear. We want to know a little bit about him. And yeah, yeah he just, um, he's wanted to promote compassion so much, but it was kind of fun, like kind of bringing him back to learn a little bit more about him as a person and his growing up years. So it was very good. Well, we've heard from him. Let's let these guys hear from Your him. turn. Thank you for joining us, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Yes, we're glad you're here. Yeah, so I was able to chat with Scott um, one Sunday after church. Um, He had come to share a little bit about compassion, and I thought, oh man, I'd really love to hear his story. And so you were kind enough to... um, to oblige, and we, we were talking earlier how miraculous it was that we we found some time between now and Christmas and travels and all kind of stuff. So I'm trying to remember when yeah. that was at Discover because I must have been at, out of town or something because I don't remember their Compassion Sunday. But. I think it was within the last month. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was I think the very first Sunday <laughs> in October, October the first. Yeah, I think you just had to leave early. He oh. runs video at um, Holly Another Springs. Church. Yeah, yeah okay. so. I yeah. think he wasn't able to stay around and chat a little bit. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We made that connection and 
yeah, just got, got you on here so we can hang out and learn a little bit more about you. Great. I'm glad to be here. I really am. And it's a, I love to hear everyone's story because God is writing a story, mm. I believe, in everyone's life. And um, so I always like to hear that. So I'm glad to share. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Well, how about, so I know we talked a little bit earlier um, about your phone number. We got you on a landline just because y'all yep. happen to live, uh, what'd you call it, in the in the boonies with cows and horses? How'd you call it? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Off the grid. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, am, I am a city boy, okay. and I married okay. a country girl, and she has always wanted to live out in the country, okay. and she's always wanted to have horses and cows as neighbors, and that's what we've got. And well, look at you. The good thing about that is, is that it's the... The landscape is just breathtaking. The bad thing is your cell service and your internet and all yeah. of that kind of <laughs> takes a hit. Yeah. But it's okay. Sure. For sure. That's <laughs> pros and cons. Yeah. When I was looking for yeah. my this home I'm in now, uh, back when Deborah and I were dating, I I knew sort of what I was looking for and I looked up in the real estate. There was a few houses on the houses on the market then. Found about sixteen I was interested in. Wrote the addresses down on a Monday. I called the local cable company and said, all right, tell me which one of these houses you cannot get internet to. That knocked <laughs> eight of those houses out. And then and then I kind of got her whittled down to saying, how, what kind of trouble? Because I do a lot of website stuff on the side, a lot of blogging. For me, not having internet service is like basically not being able to be employed. So I had, no matter which house, you could give me this big giant mansion on top of a mountain. And it'd be kind of worthless to me if you can't get any internet service there because I'm like, I can't get anything yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. So my wife, Kim, she's wired the same way. So you're exactly right. And now a word from our sponsors. This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by 828 Vibes. There are countless opportunities to enjoy nature, nightlife, recurrent festivities, and much more in these beautiful Smoky Mountains of Western North Carolina. With 828 Vibes, we take you on multiple journeys in these Blue Ridge Mountains. We highlight hiking opportunities through the mountains that take you up to beautiful heights, to the wonder of the seemingly endless waterfalls, and into some of the old forests with trees that have weathered the test of time. If your journey requires more water-related activities, we can also show you the best kayaking spots, where to find paddleboards, and even fishing. And let's not forget about lodging and food. Let us be your guide to some of the most unique and tasty local spots, as well as quality places to lodge while you're enjoying our beautiful mountains. So whether it's hiking into the majestic forests, walking along the road to nowhere, or kayaking, or checking out local breweries and events, join us as we explore and highlight the mountain towns of North Carolina. Visit 828vibes.com today. This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by Journey of Faith and Hope. You don't have to look very far to recognize that this world can be a little crazy and, let's face it, there are a lot of people and things out there that tend to let us down. When there seems to be a lack of hope, where do you turn? My name is Deborah Clore, and I'm with journeyoffaithandhope.com. On my website, we explore daily struggles and how my own relationship with God gives me the hope and tools I found helpful in navigating and bringing meaning to this often uncertain life. You'll find blogs and stories that you can relate to that can bring encouragement as you travel on your own path. You'll also find a list of books that have been extremely helpful in my own walk with God, as well as information on how to enter a meaningful relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Make sure and check out journeyoffaithandhope.com today. 
The Team Lever Podcast is sponsored by Leaklore Designs. Small business owners have enough on their plates without having to worry about building and marketing a website. 92% of all searches are made on Google, and 46% of those searches have a local search intent. They're looking for local services just like yours. That's where Leaklore Designs comes in. I specialize in small business websites, logos, online marketing, and graphics. I'll take care of everything for you so you can focus on running your business. And because I'm based in the mountains of North Carolina and Georgia, I understand the unique challenges small businesses face in the rural areas. My goal is to empower small business owners to succeed online. Contact that website guy at Leaklore Designs. Visit my website at leaklore.com. And welcome back to the show. Well, cool. So if we may, how about we back up? So I know um, you are in North Carolina now, but let, let us know, like, where did you grow up? Where are you from? A little bit about your, uh, your family, if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, I am on the church relations team for the Southeast for Compassion International. So as long as I live in one of the eight Southeastern states, then Compassion is, is okay with that. And okay. I do live in North Carolina, as you mentioned, but I was actually born in Tennessee. Okay. I'm a Tennessee boy. I was born in Kingsport. Oh. Um, just a yeah, a really odd um, beginning, but a beginning that, that God had kind of written. I'm adopted. Um, okay. My mom had a little bit of a woman at the well story. Yeah. Um, I share about her often because she's a hero of mine. But wow. when I was born, um, you know, I'm one of five kids. We know we know there's at least two dads in the picture. There mm-hmm. could be more, mm-hmm. um, and she just she just really had no idea, you know, which guy was my father. Mm-hmm. And um, we asked about this when she turned fifty. She became a Christ follower, and that's when she oh. wanted to start talking about that a little. Yeah. And she even told me, "I'd rather you not even go and research it because I actually think the guy that is your dad is a is a fellow that raped me." So. Oh, wow. Um, we couldn't even go and do, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to go knock on someone's door because I, I would love to let them know that, you know, what the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. And he turned all of that. I could have easily have been aborted. Wow. Um, I was, I'm an older dude, so I'm, I'm 62 years old. I was born in 1961. Mm. And back then they, they, abortion was common. People don't know that, but mm. it was very, very, um, crude methods, um, that people, you know, aborted their babies and they did that kind of off the grid. But Mm -hmm. mom said, no, I just, I didn't do that. And this guy that I was seeing at the time was willing to adopt you. And so that, that's, that's kind of how we started. And oddly enough, if you fast forward a little, that guy um, was an abusive alcoholic and he died when I was 13. Um, But my wife and I talk about it all the time. As, as awful as that was, there were still some really good redeeming values that I was taught even in those first 13 years like that. So wow. um, I say all that to say it's given me a heart for those that live in the margins. And because yeah. I was one of those kids, we were we were raised in American poverty. Um, you know, uh, I've lived in a house with dirt floors and I've lived I've lived in a house with no running water, and you had a, an outhouse as a bathroom, mm, mm-hmm. which you don't see many people alive anymore unless they're your great-great-grandfather <laughs> right. that can say that. Right. Yeah. But this incredible man, um, when I was around 17 years old, 
married my mom. Um, he was my stepfather. He passed away just a couple of years ago. So imagine a man marrying a woman with five kids, uh-huh. and I'm the oldest. I'm 17. My youngest brother is 11. So my mom had five kids in less than six years, and none of us are twins. Mm-hmm. And this man married this woman and just loved us as best as he could until he died. And so mm. um, there's so many good things about all that. But mm-hmm. that's how we started, mm-hmm. right? When I was 21, I became a Christ follower, and God kind of took away all that bitterness I had about not having a dad. He took that yeah. away. Now, it's painful for me to talk about it for a long time. I used to yeah. couldn't talk about it without breaking down and crying, but we're good now um, yeah. because God's kind of put in my heart to be a father to the fatherless like other men in my life were for me. And that's really how God was kind of layering my life through that and some other careers that I had to get me ready for what he's doing with me now at Compassion. So that's how you fast forward 45 years and tell a whole life story. There it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we're not done there. (laughs) I'm saying Lee's eyes got big, and he's like, all right, he's writing some stuff down, so don't you worry. We're going to go back a little bit. We're seven minutes into this. We are not done. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, but that's... My family, I'm I'm one of five kids, right? Right. We... None of us really know if we're full brothers and sisters mm-hmm. or if we're half brothers and sisters, but we've just always said we're brothers and family, sisters. Family, yeah. And yeah, out of five kids, our family is just as, we're as different and diverse <laughs> as you can be. And and I mean all over the world, from, oh, from wow. our belief systems. I'm a Christ follower. I'm uh-huh. not a big religion fan. I love Jesus with every ounce of my body, and but I don't like the whole religious thing. And then I've got a... I've got a brother that is um, an avowed atheist. I've okay. got a sister who I love dearly, love her dearly, um, and she's she's a homosexual. I've mm-hmm. got a sister that was a Christ follower that took an afternoon nap when she was 42 and woke up in heaven, had oh. an aneurysm in her sleep and wow. didn't wake up. And then I got another brother that's a Christ follower. So we're all over the place. Yeah. So when Thanksgiving and Christmas, when we get together... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How are those dynamics with the different... Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. you and the atheist, and you and, you know, mm-hmm. the homosexual. Just how are those, all those dynamics, they work out for you guys? I mean, it's a, it's a family. It sounds like you're still pretty close. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're not as close as we were, obviously. Mm-hmm. When my mom passed away, mm-hmm. that kind of, that was the glue to keep us right. all together. Okay. Because, yeah, but we still love each other. We really do. And mm-hmm. we respect each other, even though... Four, you know, you got two of us that are on one side of the spectrum and mm-hmm. two on the other. Mm-hmm. But we love each other. We respect each other. We give each other our own space to try to work through that. Mm-hmm. They all get tired of hearing me preach to them. And so I try not to <laughs> preach to them right. anymore, you know. Um, sure. But you can imagine when it's when it's political season, I'm, I don't want to get into politics, <laughs> yeah. but you couldn't be, we couldn't be as, you know, it's just different. But it's it's taught me as a Christ follower to learn to listen more uh-huh. and, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to, I'm not going to change any way that I believe about Jesus, but I don't, I, you know how we are as, as Christians, everybody knows what we're against. Yeah. And so I like to spend a lot more time letting them know what I'm for, sure. you know, yeah. and, and how Jesus is that way too. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to, you know, change his holiness and his righteousness. I don't mean that at all. So right. we're not watering down anything. But I just want you to know I'm I'm for you mm-hmm. and I love you. And can't we just pass the turkey? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just love each other, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And that's what we do. We haven't gotten together as a, as a big family unit in probably three or four years okay. because we're all over the place. We're right. in North Carolina. We're in Alabama. We're all over the place. So we're just, we don't live close to each other. You know how life takes you in different yeah, directions. Yeah, kind of moves you around. And sure. I've been yeah. fortunate to be nearby yeah. my family they, right they, now. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they follow all of, all of my travels that mm-hmm. I get to do with compassion and, um, you know, and I've, I've support them and the things that they do. My, my brother, um, you know, we were talking about being an atheist. I just can't tell you how proud I am to be his brother. He's a, a retired army ranger mm, and okay. wow. um, has served our country in so many different um, missions. Um, and, you know, I'm just really proud of him. And, and he and my sister, if I'm being honest with you, there's no people on the planet that I have prayed more four than those two mm-hmm. and I'm not going to quit praying for them and yeah. this, this incredible abundant life that I get to live every day. And I, I just want them to be a part of that. But yeah, so there we are now we're at compassion <laughs> and I get to, I get to help people like me and you and you know, the, your listeners. I get to help us who are living honestly in wealthy lives compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I get to help us kind of, meet some people who are living incredibly poverty stricken lives and we get to meet each other and meet each other's needs. Yeah. And that's what I get to be a part of now. Yeah. So my son plays, uh, used to play travel baseball and we'd, uh, get up there to Kingsport pretty regularly playing, playing travel baseball between 2015 and 2019, 2020. So we're back and forth up there. And I know that area is pretty large now. It's, you got, Wow. Kingsport, yeah. and you yeah. have um, East Tennessee States there. You have uh, Bristol, and you have uh, what's the other big metropolitan area there? Milligan. What's that? You've got um, Milligan's in Johnson City area. Johnson City, Port- that's it. Johnson City, yeah. Kingsport, uh-huh. and, and Bristol. Yeah. So I know that's all yeah. a large area. You got Bristol Raceway, a lot of stuff going on there and stuff, but growing up there since in the early 60s, as you have. How much have you seen Kingsport change? What was it like when you were a kid? Yeah, we lived in the streets. Um, and that's no joke. I mm-hmm. mean, right. we literally lived in the streets. And I loved where we lived. I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I hated it there. Mm-hmm. But we basically, um, we lived in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And there is one in Kingsport. And <clears throat> our family, the, our house, and then my mom's mother, so my grandmother, um, those two houses, we we were the only white people on the street, and mm-hmm. so I'm I, that culture. I'm just comfortable in, and it taught me not to be racist because mm-hmm. I was kind of raised. Uh, there were a few Latinos, but a lot of African Americans, um, and then of course our our crazy hillbilly family right there in the middle of that. If you've <laughs> seen the movie Hillbilly Elegy, that is basically yeah, we did watch we that. We just watched my that life story. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even kidding. When Glenn Close, who plays the the role of the, the mammal, as yeah. they call her, the grandmother, that's what you call him in Tennessee, is a mammal and a papal. But she looked just like my mammal. Whoa. I'm not even kidding. Like I had a hard time watching <laughs> it the first time I saw it. But yeah, it was great. But yeah, but we we play ball in the streets. Nice. I'm an athlete, and um, that's what I do. I don't, you know, I, I if you if your car breaks down on the side of the road, I'm gonna. All I can do is give you a ride. 
right. first thing in a, in a. But if you've got a ball that you want to play with, I can play it. And so, <laughs> and, and even to this day, I'm still, you know. But that's what you do when you're in the streets because you mm-hmm. you you play in the street. Your, your yards when you live in city limits like that is about I don't know twenty by twenty. It's so small. Sure. So imagine five kids. We just lived. We lived out in the street. Found and the that's, space. That's why you see so many kids when you see that in in uh, city life in America. You see all the kids playing in the street. It's because they they don't really have yards. Right. Yeah. And so then I moved. I moved to North Carolina. The guy that adopted me moved. It was from North Carolina. Moved our family to North Carolina, and we immediately moved into. I, the the joke that I say is a trailer park because we mm-hmm. moved into a trailer that my uncle I think had rented to my father, uh, my my adopted father, mm-hmm. and so all seven of us were in this little trailer. So we went from you know inner city living to a trailer park. So I can I can relate to both of those yeah. cultures. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But and that's that's good because what I get to do now mm-hmm. I feel comfortable in either place. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense when yeah. I say that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it does. Um, makes that sense. understanding yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. So how That's is... Right. And oh. I think God does that with all of us. Maybe not to those levels, but to other levels. Like oh, sure. Paul said, I want to be all things all to things. all people, yeah. right? Yeah. We we don't do that anymore. We we just hang out with the same group of people, and yeah. we never go try to experience another culture. And what I get to do at Compassion is to help people kind of get out of that holy huddle they're in. or. Yeah. There's got to be another word for it when, when you know, when you're uh, when you're kind of raised in in a successful family and you dare not go and be with the poor people, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I want I want to try to help people get out of Break that. Down mindset. I really yeah. Do. So. Well, I love how you even saying earlier with family, like you just learn that, you know, love doesn't have to be with someone who thinks exactly like you. And, you know, you're you're talking about like being able to, you know, um, understand people maybe from a different culture, you know, being able to understand yeah, things. Yeah. I, I think it's super important. I think um, that's what Jesus is about. You know, he's like, let's, what are the things we have in common? You know, like God loves us all and we all have struggles and we all have, you know, our, mm. our, our When, it, when things you really that we've get down through. to it, we've all got a heart. Right. God, I, if I ever finish the book that I'm working on, it's mm-hmm. called God's got this thing rigged. And yeah. the truth is he does. He created us. Yeah. And he knows exactly what we need. Yeah. And and he knows and I don't understand why he gives us the free choice and the free will that he does, but yeah. which is mind boggling to me. And he allows us, I think it's just his desire for us to choose him, to yeah. be chosen. Yeah. And not force us to follow him, which he could do. Sure. And he doesn't. Yeah. And that true love. He lets us go try all these other things. <laughs> And it's not until we meet Jesus in a real way that we go, now that fits. Now that's it. That's what I've been missing. And so, you know what I mean? And so I think sometimes if we just just stay in our little corner and stay in our little comfort zone, we rarely experience God. And I just think he's really, really trying to push us out of the comfort zone. That's where you meet him. That's where you have to depend on him. And that's when you see him do all the things in Scripture he says he will do. That's when you'll see him do it. Yeah, that makes but sense. But we just sit back and want to. We want him to do it in your life, and we want to watch him do it in your life because you're making all these risky, courageous choices. I'm going to sit over here and be safe and convenient and comfortable and bored 
with my walk with God. That's what happens. And so, so, um, so you were talking earlier about athletics and stuff. You were, uh, you're an athlete. What kind of sports did you mm-hmm. play when you were a youth and then through high school? All of them, but basketball, football, baseball. Um, I didn't play a lot of football, though, but my yeah. mom really did not want us. What After my father died, or my adopted dad died when I was 13, she became very overprotective of all five of us. Uh, and um, I played like one year of football in high school. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that year, I finally learned how to put on the pads. <laughs> I finally, I finally learned that you you hit through someone and you don't feel it. Oh, and you try not. You try, yeah, that's the odd thing about football about hitting someone is trying not to to get hit hard hurts, but going oh. all out and hitting through someone you don't even feel it. It's a weird thing, and it took me a while to figure that out. But I, the year I played football, I did against my mom's wishes, and oh, she. Oh. She was really mad about that. I, I just We lived walking distance to the high school, and I uh-huh. walked to school. We didn't ride a bus. We walked to school. And so I remember just going and playing and kept it from her for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then finally she figured it out, and she got really mad she about said, that uh-uh. and wouldn't let me play baseball that following, that, which was my favorite sport. Yeah. So it's it kind of weird. We worked through that. And sure. so I didn't play football the next year so I could play baseball. And yeah. so it's, you know how it is. Sure. But yeah, I loved all the sports, still do. My son and daughter were both athletes and yeah. um, played everything in, in high school. And my son actually could have played golf in college. Uh, he really could have. He's that good of a golfer. But nice. um, yeah, but we, we all still love sports. Uh, my wife was not a sports fan nor an athlete, mm-hmm. but to show you how incredible she is, she turned into a big sports fan, and she wants to watch a baseball game even before I do. Now, okay, she came around. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's what I told her. I said, man, I knew I married the right person. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> so in school. Yeah, I loved all the sports. So in yeah. school, how like how were you with studies and stuff? Like, were you looking to college, or did you have any aspirations like into those high school years of like uh, profession or yeah. anything like that? Now listen, this is going to sound sad, and I don't want anybody <laughs> okay. to be sad about it. Right? We won't be <laughs> sorry for you. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, all right. So I told you I'm 62, mm-hmm. and I have two real regrets in life. I've got a okay. whole bunch of things I wished I hadn't done. Okay. Right, I think we've all got that. Oh but sure. Oh yeah, for the sure. Two regrets I have in life is I never did a stint in the military mm-hmm. um, because we were military mindsetted. Uh, my brother and I both said we were going to be the first five star generals, you know. To and, and he did. He went in, and I got married. So I never, I never okay. did a stint in the military, and I never <laughs> finished college. Okay. And because I can remember, I was a I was a pretty good student. I was mm-hmm. a great student until my adopted dad died, and then oh. I kind of. Yeah, he was the kind that would you'd get a whipping if you didn't make an A. Right. And so, yeah, I can remember um, my sixth grade year, I made one A. I mean, I'm sorry, I made one B all year long. Mm-hmm. A's, all A's, and made one B, and, and that was a pretty bad whipping that I got for that. But he died when I was in the seventh grade, and I kind of went, Shoo. and I still did okay. I probably, mm-hmm. I don't know what my class rank was, 20th, something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I did okay, but... Um, but I really just, you know, but I did want to go to college and I applied for college. I had, uh, the, the school in mind. I had a roommate and it, what I didn't know, my mom was letting me do all that, hoping that I would drop it. And oh, then when okay. it came time to, yeah, and I got accepted when it came time to send in the money, she had to have that talk with me. And she said, you know, I just don't, 
you can't go. I don't have the money for that. Oh, okay. And yeah. And so what we didn't know, and this is this is part of this is something that I've learned as I've gotten older, and it's something that Compassion International, who I work with, what Compassion has always known, is that poverty has got way more sides to it than just physical. Yeah. And so we were so poor, and no one had ever done anything in our family lineage, mm-hmm. right? That we didn't even know that we could have gotten financial aid. Right. Had right. no idea how to do it. Had no idea how to fill that out. It's and available, so I just dropped yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And gotcha. I started work. So I, a little bit later on when I, you know, I got a career going, mm-hmm. I started going back to school a little just so I could finish. Sure. I'm still a few hours shy of an AA degree, but, um, but yeah, I love school. And yeah. what's odd about it is as the older I get, the more I love to learn. I'd never quit studying. I mm-hmm. love, love, love studying. And, I even thought about it as a little side hustle when I retire, going back and just finishing college just because I can, yeah. and and teaching history. But my daughter says, "Dad, you don't need to do that because it'll break your heart when nobody else loves history like oh. you." Oh, I'm <laughs> yes. a nut over it. I love. I am it. a teacher, and, so I can. So I'm like, guys, isn't this exciting? Come on! I was like, okay, I fine. Mean, yes, you can just yes. laugh at me geeking out about it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just to show you how God can take nothing and make something out of it. I, we're not wealthy. I don't want to give that impression, but we, my wife and I just celebrated our 40th anniversary and we went to yeah. Italy. Congratulations. We to Congratulations. Oh. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And talk about a place to go if you're a history nut. Oh, oh I, my I can only imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, love, I love learning and we never, we never, you know, we, we may act like we know everything, but we don't. None of us <laughs> yeah, do. And yeah. So yeah, I love learning, but I've still not finished college. Yeah. So one of these days, maybe. Every, hey, you know, my kids you never laugh know. at me because they they both have their degrees. My wife, my wife got her degree, and and she says you can have my degree. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, it don't work that way, honey. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> but, but so she, I caught that. Um, oh, go ahead, sorry. You know, I was going to say she got pregnant with our first child mm-hmm. her senior year in college. She actually went to college and and got like a two-year degree and okay. then started her work career and was doing really, really well at it and got to the executive level, and they wanted her to finish school. So she went back to get her degree, her, her, um, her undergrad, you know, yeah. at night. So she'd oh, work wow. in the day and oh, go to school Oh, bless her. My goodness. Well, while family. we've been married for like six or seven years. And I can remember her, <clears> her <throat> senior year, um, we, we got pregnant with our first child, and she literally took her final exams on a Thursday night, <laughs> and the following Tuesday, our son was born. Well, boom. Listen, <laughs> if yeah. anybody could Talk have about. her plan their schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I tell everybody, you don't, you know, Planned Parenthood doesn't have to be abortion. We kind of <laughs> planned it out to the day, just about. But what was <laughs> odd funny. is she went back to work for a few weeks mm-hmm. and just could not do it. And she's been a uh, stay-at-home mom since then. And, oh. and, and, and incredible. She's probably that. the smartest person I've ever met. Uh-huh. Was at the top of her class in school. And, and yet... Um, she really wanted to be a mom yeah. and she has just killed it as a mother and a grandmother. I love that. So, yeah. That's, that's neat. Yeah. This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by 828 Vibes. There are countless opportunities to enjoy nature, nightlife, recurrent festivities, and much more in these beautiful Smoky Mountains of Western North Carolina. With 828 Vibes, we take you on multiple journeys in these Blue Ridge Mountains. We highlight hiking opportunities through the mountains that take you up to beautiful heights 
to the wonder of the seemingly endless waterfalls and into some of the old forests with trees that have weathered the test of time. If your journey requires more water-related activities, we can also show you the best kayaking spots, where to find paddleboards, and even fishing. And let's not forget about lodging and food. Let us be your guide to some of the most unique and tasty local spots, as well as quality places to lodge while you're enjoying our beautiful mountains. So whether it's hiking into the majestic forests, walking along the road to nowhere, or kayaking, or checking out local breweries and events, join us as we explore and highlight the mountain towns of North Carolina. Visit 828vibes.com today. So, I've, so uh, yeah. I remember you mentioned um, you and your brother kind of did not both do the military thing. You had mentioned getting married. So did you and your wife get married like around the 18, 19 year old age or uh, was it a little bit after that? How'd you guys meet? Well, uh, it, here's the, the story we tell. We started dating when I was 17 <laughs> okay. and she was 15. Right? Okay. Yeah. And we got married. Um, we got married when I, the, see if this makes sense. I turned 22 on August 17th. We got married four days earlier on August 13th. So we got married when I was 21. So we dated for five years before we got married. Okay. Wow. So we've really been together 45 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. People. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we, she, um, we kid about that because we, you know, when our kids were growing up, we were like, man, what's too early to date? And we were dating at 17 and 15 <laughs> I know. and it worked out pretty well. I you know? know. It's and, tricky. Um, <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Here's what thought about that. This is, this is a true story, what I'm about to tell you, but we dated, you know, we'd been dating for just four and a half years and I became a Christian, mm. um, in the fall oh, yeah. of, of, of the year that I turned 21 and everything changed for right. me. And then we got married the following summer. Well, her mom and dad saw that I'd changed, but they didn't really believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a running joke with, with my in-laws, um, who, her dad, my wife's dad's the dad that I never had, and oh, I was yeah. honored yeah. to preach his funeral yeah. last year. So, you know, I was with him for 45 years, right, right? And, and didn't have a dad growing up, so he was that dad. But he, her, he and, and his wife, my mother-in-law, who I love dearly, still love dearly, they didn't really, you know, it was their, first, it was their firstborn. It was their first mm-hmm. daughter. They didn't mm-hmm. want her to get married. Mm-hmm. They saw, I, I used to, I've never was mean to her, but yeah. I had a jealousy issue until yeah. I became a Christian. Oddly enough, the the minute Jesus moved in, he took that in, that awful jealousy that I had away. My wife is beautiful. She still is. She was. She still is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But they offered her a new car the night before we got married <laughs> no to not marry me. <laughs> yeah. And so when we After speak at marriage years. conferences, we, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. People, people are like, um, when we speak at marriage conferences, they'll say, "Well, what kind of car was it, Kim?" And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Because, and the car they offered her was a brand new Honda Accord, oh. and so I told everybody, "I'm just thanking God they didn't offer her a Beamer or a Mercedes <laughs> yeah. or something." Because she may have taken she might have, wise, she might have wisened up a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> but her Man, mom, that's cool. her mom feels bad about that nowadays. When I tell that story, <laughs> um, and she says, "I'm so sorry," I said, "No, no, no, no. I understand. I've got a daughter, and I get yeah. it." 
And she said, well, I just didn't think that you had really changed. I thought you were kind sure. of putting on a show just to marry our daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, well, Miss Hoppus, that just tells me that you don't really know how men are wired. Because men oh. don't naturally come out of the <laughs> womb wanting to get married. We are looking uh. for a reason not to get married. That's part of the <laughs> fall, really, is our, our we just don't like the responsibility that God puts on us. But, but So it was the real we, deal. We, yeah, we waited five years, and it was honestly because God was waiting. He yeah. was just waiting on me Good, to yeah, accept Him. And when I did, you know, it, it was like eight months later, nine mm-hmm. months later, we got married. Yeah. And so, and by the way, we oddly enough, um, yeah, I don't want to take that down another rabbit hole, but oh. I've got an I've got an <laughs> uncle that's a that's my my mom's brother is a hero of mine. That's my two heroes is my mom and and my uncle. His name is Scott. It's who I was named after. Okay. And my mom said I took after him, and she said, everything about you is like him, and I wished you'd have got to know him. He died when I was 13 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. He died of cancer, but he was a, he's the first person that I could ever remember growing up that was a Christian. There was something different about him, yeah. right, my uncle. And oddly enough, when we got married, we, we had chosen a date to get married, and then, you know, it's, it, we just... It, Nothing about it felt right, so we right. moved it two weeks later. And when I called my family to let them know, um, you know, when we were getting married, they said, "Wow, I think that's so cool that you have chosen the exact same <gasps> date your uncle Scott got married to get married on." And I didn't even know that, oh. right? So, yeah, so that wow. date's a big deal. So my son, my son, who I named Scott, not after me, after my my uncle Scott. Yeah. Um, his his name's Jordan Scott, and I'm really really proud. He's named after the goat. <laughs> Michael Jordan and All right. Michael Scott, right? All right. Um, but as to to honor him and what he's heard about him, he and his wife got married on on the same day as well. So it's just been a really cool thing. Yeah. So did you and your wife ended up were you guys in school together? Is that how you guys met? Uh, yeah, that's exactly okay. right. And and I honestly, she kind of she was she kind of pursued me. I've I've only been in love with one other girl, uh-huh. and that girl and I kind of. Um, broke up yeah. and I started dating my current wife, <laughs> my first wife. I started dating her just to get back at the other girl, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and she liked me a lot more than I liked her at the beginning. And <laughs> she that, won that you over. <laughs> yes, she did. She really did. Nice. Now, we met in French class, which yeah. is odd, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were, wow, so. This really is. This really is a day in your life. You guys, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's your life, your story. Yeah, we're pulling you in. We're I mean, like, I, gotta, I, gotta, I really, I need to, what kind of tree would I be, right? Is that my next question? <laughs> Hold on. We'll come up with a fun one <laughs> yeah, before well, we part again. ways. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So then what were like, what no, kind I of jobs? Because I know you, you, you know, like you can see how God had kind of paved the way and just, you know, experiences you've been through. And it sounds like maybe even some, some early jobs or something like that kind of prepared you where you're at now. So what were kind of like some early jobs? Um, I know you and your wife were married early, so you all did a lot together. Yeah. 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 So when we first got married, I just basically did whatever I could because I wanted, I always wanted to be a sportscaster. Okay. And so I went, I paid my own way to go to broadcasting school. So All right. I, I worked for uh, yeah. So I worked for several years in radio and television, which kind of gets you to where you're comfortable being on stage in front of people, right? You can talk. Um, you know, you know. And then, but I've, I've, you know, it's a running joke in in my work circle that evidently my 
mother was an insurance salesman and my father was a used car salesman because <laughs> what came out is a salesman. I'm just a salesman, right? And All so right. I was in yeah, I was in marketing with Duke Energy for a long time and then left that to go into insurance and financial planning, which I did not want to leave. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. And it fit everything about me. Um I tell everybody that insurance is the for me, at least for me, it, it's the it's the secret of the business world. the The amount of money that you can make, yes, but even, mm-hmm. but even more than that, the way you can truly, truly help people. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like being in the ministry without being in the ministry. If you do it right, if you okay. really do it to help people, and that's what I did. They used to ask me all the time. I worked for Farm Bureau and North Carolina Farm Bureau and loved it. Um, if any of those uh, of my old friends, <laughs> listening, just shout out, you guys, hello, I love, yeah, I love all of you guys, yeah. Um, but they used to ask me to come and speak and teach the other agents. And, and I would say, how do you sell? And I said, well, that's your first mistake. Right. That makes sense. You don't, you never sell anything. I'm not selling Jesus. I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. this is what he did for me. Right. And this is what I think he can do for you. And you serve people. And if you'll do that, God will take care of you. And that's kind of what he did. And then and from there, um, it's, you know, gosh, it's a long story. I've always had music in me mm-hmm. and, I told you where I was raised, so I've I've always loved R and B. I loved to dance and loved all that. And um, I can remember it's odd but where I lived. There was a whole bunch of people. We were meeting together to do a Bible study outside of church. We were going to church, right? We mm-hmm. we all had our churches, but we were doing this Bible study called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire mm-hmm. by Jim Cimbala. You yeah. know who that is, and from Brooklyn Tab, and. God used something in that, but we just, we just, yeah, I, I, this is going to sound strange, but one night in the middle of the night, it's almost like God woke me up and said, start a church. Huh. And I'm like, Lord, the last thing we need is another, another church. church. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're on every corner, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so I just called seven of the people that were meeting in that, that I kind of felt like were there are six other people. I was one of the seven. And I said, what if we started a church mm-hmm. with this group? I mean, there's 50 to 70 people meeting mm-hmm. and that's what we did. And so, okay. um, and I started it as a worship pastor. So ah. I led worship and can't read music. I just, it's yeah. just something that God put in me and, um, just basically sat down and taught myself how to play the guitar. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's just all kinds of, yeah. from there, um, is where I, the guy that hired me, at Compassion, a good friend of mine, Kevin Myers, we played ball together. He, I was one of his pastors at church, and he knew my story, mm-hmm. and he knew the levels and how God, he saw my heart for the people in the margins, because when I coached in Little League and baseball and, and uh, basketball and all that, I always wanted the kids that no one else wanted, mm-hmm. because they didn't have dads. The other guys would say, I don't want them, mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, I'll have to give them a ride. I don't, I'm not their dad. I'll have to buy them cleats. I'll have to buy them, you know, a glove. And I said, I do everything you just said is exactly why I do want them on my team. And so we just became, and my son was awesome at that. My wife was incredible at it. My daughter, as she got older, we just started loving the kids that were on our teams that didn't really have dads. We became the dads 
for them, uh, yeah. like other people yeah. have done for me in my life. So that's kind of how, mm-hmm. you, if you look back at that. And what I what I want people to, to know when they hear this is that your story is just as crazy good. It mm-hmm. really is. Oh, yeah. It's layered that way. If you'll just keep following God, mm. he's layering your life for the next thing. Yeah. You know? So I tell people all the time, if, you're, if you've been doing the same thing for 50 years, God bless you. Right, but I, I'm not sure you didn't fall in love with comfort. Oh, right, right. And yeah, you know, we get stretched like, sometimes. Yeah, I really yeah. do think if you look at Scripture, God rarely leaves you doing the same thing forever. Yeah, the only thing He asks us to do is just follow Him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Yeah, that's and food that for thought. Doing this and yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. there. So remind me, my dad was a DJ in Missouri for a little while when he was like. Uh, maybe like late twenties or so. You, you briefly mentioned it, and if I don't think you said it, but remind me like where that you said something about radio, TV. Yeah, broadcast. Where, where yeah. was that? Yeah, yeah so, I forgot. Yeah, so I, I, we were the uh, a really good friend of mine named Brad Cosby, um, who's still a, a good guy, and we don't get to see each other much anymore. But we did a morning show uh, on B ninety three. Okay, um, radio, which was yeah, based out of. Forest City, Greenville, Spartanburg. Yeah, yeah. B93, so, the B. Not a huge station, but yeah. that's what we did. Now, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I started looking at going other places, and I was, I was, it wasn't too long that it, it was at the same time that God was kind of getting a hold on me and saying, I know this is what you want to do, but that's not what I want you to do, kind uh-huh. of thing. So I got yeah. to see some things, I got to peek behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not as sexy behind the curtains as it looks like from <laughs> when you're in your living room. Yeah, and, a little messy sometimes. And, and yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, although, you know what? I, the the part of that that I do miss, I do, I do miss doing play by play and oh. sports. That's what I was going to ask you about. Did you ever I pull retired. off a broadcasting job? That's what. That's what I was. Yeah. Kinda, I was kind of curious. Did you ever get a chance to? play-by-play a baseball game or something, you know, just at one of these little minor league fields or something, you get that in your blood because you said that's what you wanted to be yeah, as yeah, a sports do. broadcaster. I never did play-by-play at a baseball game, but I, you know what? I really think I would be decent at it because even growing up, even now to this day, I would rather listen to a baseball game on the radio mm. than watch it on TV. Well, you got a good voice for and, it, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Um, like when I grew up, people in my generation will understand this. When you, you had little AM transistor radios, yep. uh-huh. and I would literally, man, you know, you heard a little bit of my childhood, right? So yeah. it was you. What you're trying to do is look for a safe place, mm-hmm. just to. So I know what it's like to hide in a closet or to to crawl under a bed. To this day, I still love, and this is going to sound so silly. I still love laying under a bed. There's something <laughs> about that that feels yeah. safe. And you're hidden, and your little, your little. I, when, when I'm playing with my grandchildren, and we crawl under a bed, we, I call it our little uh, clubhouse, right? Yeah. But I used to lay under there and listen to baseball games on AM radio. Wow. KMOX yeah. in St. Louis, mm. um, which was Jack Buck back in the day, and yeah. So I, I, but I've never done play by play for baseball. I have done that for football, for okay. high school football. Okay, nice. <clears throat> Yeah, you definitely have a good voice for it, so you never know. That oh, might God. get... <laughs> I, well, I used to have the, the Southern drawl trained out of my addiction, uh, but I don't anymore. Uh, I've gotten really late, and I sound Southern again. So, uh, um, I, I was speaking at a church in Virginia. I'll never forget it. And this lady walked up to me, and she was very kind, and she said, you know, we're going to we're gonna 
sponsor Child from Compassion, and this sounds awesome, but you got to tell me what part of eastern Tennessee you're from. <laughs> so she she said she could hear it in my voice, and I'm like, "What? All I right. haven't lived in Eastern Tennessee in 40 years." But she said it was still there. But um, that's impressive. But Tennessee, honestly, I, I, we love North Carolina. I'm a big North Carolina Tar Heel fan. I've lived what 80, 85 percent of my life now in North Carolina. But something about when I go to Tennessee still feels like home. It really yeah. does. So yeah. it's odd how that happens. No matter where you're born, when you go back there, there's something about it. You what, know, so. Yeah. What's funny is that my family is from Missouri. Both sides grew up an hour from each other in Missouri. I myself literally, I mean, hardly lived there. A few months when my dad was sick before he passed away. Summers here and there. But home will always be Missouri. If I talk about going home, you know, for me, it has to do with the family there and the memories and all that. So I completely wow. relate to that. Yeah. Well, Southern California Deborah, is not home to me. Deborah, do you have um, a stubborn streak? Like, oh. you know, that is the show me state. Yes. It is and, the show me state. And I will tell you <laughs> that I have that streak of pride, but I will give praise to the Lord because he really just allowed me to learn a few things, especially before I got married even. Um, and now <laughs> wow. being married for a couple of years. So patience. I, <laughs> I do have to give God a lot of credit because stubborn and prideful. I mean, I came by honestly and I, <laughs> whoo, yeah, there was yeah, some good learning all, moments. We all do. <laughs> yeah, my wife says that if there is such a thing as reincarnation, she says I was born in Missouri. <laughs> because I have to learn things the hard way. And yeah. when people say you can't do something, those Watch are fighting me. words. Yeah, to me. for sure. And <laughs> That's motivation. They really are. And uh, so, you know, the old saying, you know, the, well, you know, I don't, I want to keep it clean, but there, there's some <laughs> sayings that people have about that. About <laughs> me, but it's, I don't think it's that. I think, I think when you're when you're an underdog and you come from an underdog situation mm. and you hear the things that you can't do, yeah. then it makes you one of the first things that God did in my life when I became a Christian is all of a sudden, all of a sudden I did because I was bitter and you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't, and people, you know. And then when I became a Christian, it's like for the first time I said, "Well, why can't I?" Right. And God's saying you can, With God, the world's yeah. saying you can't, so why can't I? Right. And so you're listening. There's some, someone listening right now that needs to hear that. Yeah. And that's what one of the first things that we work with, we do with our children at Compassion yeah. is we actually think poverty starts spiritually, right? Uh, yeah. And we think there's there's obviously a physical side to poverty, but sure. we think there's this emotional, social side, this cognizant side to poverty that people just dismiss. And that's, mm. that's what I, what I'm talking about when I said that about Missouri, yeah. you, you, there's hopelessness in poverty. Right. And so you just don't think you can. Right. And if you're the little, if you're the child who wants to be the first one to break that cycle of poverty in your mm -hmm. family, and you try and you try and you keep getting told, you, you know, this. Nothing ever good comes out of Nazareth. Nothing ever good right. is going to come out of your family. No, no one from that side of the town has ever amounted to anything. You know mm -hmm. that's what you hear, right? Right. And God is saying, "Don't listen to that." Yeah. This Holy Spirit in you makes you supernatural. Right. And you hear that? I mean, I'm not but even God. Kidding. Yeah. I tell everybody that every Christ follower is a superhero because they're yeah. 
I mean, I'm not even kidding when I say that. I'm not. I don't mean like Marvel comics thing, but I'm I'm talking about even bigger than that. Like yeah. the abs, the the very same power that raised God from the dead. You know, we yeah. hear it all the time. It's That's us. what lives in you. Really? Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we live like that? Maybe you can. Yeah. If God said do it, if God said Moses, I can't do it. God, yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Who made I, your mouth? I'm going to be Who with made? You. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so so going back a, a little oh sorry that about Missouri I love that part yeah <laughs> so going back I know you mentioned a little bit about how you met this gentleman and kind of got you um you know into working with compassion what was like like how what was that official like okay now you work for compassion like what was that first job and yeah. how did that start well here's the thing my my son who again I'm a huge fan of my son and yeah. um. To quote Mel Gibson in the movie The Patriot, if you've seen that before, yeah. yes. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when when Tarleton, you know, says who's the better man, and Ooh. and Mel Gibson says Oof. my son was the better man. That's the way I feel about goosebumps. my son. I'm yeah. really proud of him. <laughs> but he, yeah, he went to a. I think it was a um, passion conference. Oh, he says okay. it was the big stuff conference, but I think it was passion okay. with Louis Giglio. Mm-hmm. And he came home, and he had sponsored a child with compassion. And okay. I thought these kids were stock photos. I'd heard horror <sighs> stories about sponsorship ministry, so I'm not a, I wasn't a fan. Okay. And so I did chapter one of Bad Dad. You know, if there's a book called How to Be a Bad Father, I was <laughs> in chapter one because he was so excited. I, I, he, freshman in college, I told him, you know, own your own faith. Don't believe in Jesus because I do. Uh, you know, yeah. if I could talk you into it, someone could talk you out of it. You uh, know all the things yeah, that you say to yeah, yes, yeah. Fair So own your own faith. And he was owning his own faith. And he came back and he says, Dad, you're going to be proud of me. You told me to own my own faith. Look what I've done. And he held up a <laughs> child packet and he had sponsored a kid. And I said, what have you done? <laughs> and that's a true story. And, yeah. um, and so he, you know, he was excited about it, told me he'd studied right. this compassion thing. It's a real deal. 7,000 kids, college kids, had, had sponsored all these kids. They'd actually rescued two or three entire countries mm. with compassion. And, you know, looking back now, I've checked on that, and he was right. Yeah. It was At the time, it was one of the largest events in compassion's history. Yeah. And they did a phenomenal job. And I remember telling him, I said, dude, 7,000 college kids haven't done squat um, 7,000 college kids' parents have ah. sponsored all these kids because you guys yeah, don't true. have any money. Right. You know? and, um, <laughs> and every time I share that at a church, I can see all the dads just looking at me and shaking their head, yes. Yep. But my son, his whole spirit started shutting down while he was telling me all that. Yeah. And he said, look, Dad, you ain't got to worry about this. I'm yeah. doing it. I be- it's the real deal. I mm-hmm. believe in it. I'm going to pay for it. And so I said, you're right. You're right. Um, go change the world. My bad, you know, it, whatever. Yeah. And so two years later, he's a junior in college, and the church he was going to hired him as one of their part-time staff to be the small group pastor for college student simulations, whatever. Um, it was a it was a real lengthy title, big, big long lengthy title. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And uh, but the, but the way they were going to pay him is not with the paycheck, but they were going to pay for his. Um, for him to stay in this apartment complex there. And he went to the Bryan Business School at UNC Greensboro. And then, anyway, so he, 
I said, man, I'm really proud of it. They saw that in you, and you're going to be a pastor and all that. He said, well, I got some bad news, though, because now I don't get to do my little part-time job, and I'm going to need you and Mom to take over my sponsorship. Uh-huh. See, see, this sounds <laughs> and, like um, the kid who has yeah. a dog. You, they get a dog when they're little, <laughs> yeah. and eventually you it, get to inherit that dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. It is. But what was funny, my favorite actor is Denzel Washington, right? Okay. And Jordan knew this, but what was funny is Jordan says, now, Dad, before you start whining about it, you're only going to have to do this till I get out of college. We're, we'll take it back. <laughs> um, and the girl he's married to now, who we love dearly, Lindsay, she's the one that basically, she's the one that really sponsored the child, and Jordan kind of took it over, and now he's giving him to me, right? Okay. And he said, Dad, his name's, his name's Denzel, and he's from Africa. Oh. How can you turn that down, right? Oh, man. He, wor- he worked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he did. He did. I told him, I said, dude, you should be in sales, which he yeah. basically is. He's the vice president of a software company, and he's just doing really well. But, nice. But oddly enough, I said, all right, I'll start sponsoring the kid. Never prayed for him. Mm-hmm. Never gave him a second thought. Um, Compassion's been around $40 a month for as long as we can remember. Mm-hmm. So they were just taking the money out of my account. I never wrote a letter, mm-hmm. never did anything. And then the guy that hired me, he knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we played ball together. Um, I was one of his pastors, and he's been working at Compassion for a while. He knew that, they, that Compassion was getting ready to start a new division called Church Relations because churches were starting to learn that Compassion was way more than just child sponsorship, okay. way more than that. And yeah. you could actually have a, a global outreach strategy, just like we do with, with Discover Church there in yeah. Franklin. And... um Anyway, so, and he knew I had a heart for the kids in the margins and especially kids that were fatherless and many kids in poverty, mm-hmm. they tend to, you know, poverty tends to almost always be godless and fatherless and hopeless yeah. and compassion attacks all of those. And by the way, that's poverty, whether you're in, you know, the mm-hmm. developing world in Kenya or whether you are in Macon County, yeah. it doesn't matter uh, whether you're in, you name the county, poverty it may look a little different, but it's it's holistic in nature. It's more than just physical. It's more than than emotional. It's got an educational side, and we think it starts spiritually. So, what, here's the thing: though. I started sponsoring a kid. Kevin says, "I want to take you." That's my my boss's name, Kevin Myers. Kevin mm-hmm. says, "I want to take you to meet him." His name's oh. Denzel, right? Yeah. Um, and he let me meet him. And here's the cool thing: is I was a skeptic, mm-hmm. and you you should never be a, afraid of skeptics. Mm-hmm. If what you're doing is real, that's good. So God's good with skeptics. If you're a skeptic of the whole Christianity thing, mm-hmm. that's cool. You might God's want to be offended. more skeptical about Christ followers <laughs> yeah. because we're a mess. Yeah, we are. Christ a mess. We are human. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is not a mess. Right. Absolutely. He is the real deal. And if you're a real skeptic and you're really looking for answers, mm-hmm. you just you come on. Yeah. He can handle your questions. Absolutely. He can handle your doubts. And that's the thing about compassion. I was a skeptic, and compassion says, no, nah, dude, we love, that's why we do mm-hmm. these trips. We want you to peek behind the curtains. We're, we're way more than what people realize, and we're, we're wanting churches to see that they can get their entire church involved in foreign missions really in an easy, easy on-ramp way. And so anyway, that's what I did. I, mm-hmm. I, saw, I met my kid, <laughs> and everything changed. I'd never seen anything like it. Now, remember, mm-hmm. I come from American poverty, yeah. and I saw churches try their best to throw money at poverty. That didn't uh, work. Yeah. I saw them do a feeding ministry. 
while that sounds incredible, mm-hmm. it didn't work. They still want to, they'll still stay in their poverty and come back and want you to feed them next, next week. Time, yeah. uh, you get what I'm trying to say? I'm not sure. being mean when I'm saying that. I'm, there's a book called When Helping Hurts, and there's yeah. some truth to that, yeah, big time truth. And, yeah. and so it wasn't long. Um, you know, Kevin says, now that you've seen what we do, if we ever had an opening, would you be interested? And I said, probably not, but mm-hmm. I never say no to God. Yeah. <laughs> because honestly, the three careers that I've had before I came to Compassion, I did not want to leave. Right. I, I'm telling you, gotcha. I, I wanted to stay right where I was at. Hmm. And God took me kicking and screaming from all three of them. Yeah. So That's it was not me looking for, you know, brighter and better things somewhere else. God just said, nope, now, now that you've done that as long as I wanted you to. Now you're going to see how I've gotten you ready to do this next thing. So I don't know what he'll do with me next, but I know he's not done with me until we die. It'll you know, be right you're when you're dead, comfortable and happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how comfortable nope, are you feeling right now? That. He won't let you stay comfortable long. That's but right. Yeah, that's Don't how I grow. ended up in compassion. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So um, because I was a skeptic, I, I used to be Saul about it. Now yeah. I'm Paul. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing. Think about Paul's life after he literally has this Damascus Road experience when mm-hmm. he really realizes the very thing that I was skeptical mm-hmm. about, this guy's real. Yeah. And think about how that changed everything for him. And it did the same thing for me. I'm not saying that I'm Paul by any stretch. I'm just saying that I went from yeah. being a skeptic of it, that now I'm so passionate about it, I have to apologize in advance for my mm-hmm. passion for compassion. Yeah. So, um, it really does work. And we're not on commission. But right. I know someone listening may go, well, of course you're passionate about it. You get paid. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah. It's, we're, we're that passionate about it because it really, truly does work. This Team Libra podcast is brought to you by Journey of Faith and Hope. You don't have to look very far to recognize that this world can be a little crazy. And let's face it, there are a lot of people and things out there that tend to let us down. When there seems to be a lack of hope, where do you turn? My name is Deborah Clore, and I'm with journeyoffaithandhope.com. On my website, we explore daily struggles and how my own relationship with God gives me the hope and tools I found helpful in navigating and bringing meaning to this often uncertain life. You'll find blogs and stories that you can relate to that can bring encouragement as you travel on your own path. You'll also find a list of books that have been extremely helpful in my own walk with God as well as information on how to enter a meaningful relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Make sure and check out journeyoffaithandhope.com today. Almost everybody that I've run into that works at Compassion was making more money doing something else. Yeah. and yeah. But God called them here. So we do it for the calling and, and the cause that we get to be a part of, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we ended up here. So how about Denzel? So you have sponsored, you ended up sponsoring Denzel. It's been a number of years. I'm sure that time has passed. He's probably over 18 now. Is, would he be? He's 17. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, he, he calls me dad. He calls oh. me dad. Now okay. listen, here's what's funny. The first time I met him, they told him he was going to be meeting his sponsor. Mm-hmm. He had no idea that my son Jordan had handed the sponsorship oh, to right. me. Right? right. So I'm sure the first thing he thought when I walked in the room is, wow, wow. Jordan's gotten old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's catfished but, me. What happened? <laughs> but, yeah. Part, part of my story that I like to share is, this is so crazy. So remember, I didn't even think the kids existed. and mm-hmm. But 
when I came to Compassion, my wife and I made a commitment to God that every year that we were at Compassion, we would add another child. So okay. I've been at Compassion 10 years. We're actually rescuing 10 kids from poverty now. Mm-hmm. And But Denzel was the first. And here's another thing, too. My favorite name for God, besides Dad, and, mm-hmm. you know, and Abba Father, mm-hmm. is I love the name Emmanuel. Uh. I've always loved that. And at Christmas, when we sing that, um, there's there's even a Chris Tomlin song called Emmanuel that I just mm-hmm. absolutely love from one of his live Christmas projects. And But it's my favorite name for God because it, what he's trying to tell us with that name is that he's not far away. Right, he's with he's, us. He's here with us. Mm-hmm. And, and Denzel's name is Emmanuel Denzel <gasps> in Beely. No way, and look at that. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Only God can write yeah. stories like that. <laughs> he's right? the best story and, writer. <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, but what's odd is when he turned 14 or 15, and because I've met him in person three times mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and hopefully next summer I'll get to see him again. Wow. But um, it's just been it's been great. But he he told me then he wanted to he wanted me to start calling him Emmanuel. Huh. So I think he was he was growing up and. You know how when kids get older and they don't want to be called by their middle name anymore uh-huh. or they don't want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. But in his last letter that I got from him last week, he said, your loving son, Denzel. So oh. I've got to figure out what he wants me to call him. But you know how that is, right? What's Denzel um, plan on doing in the future? Has he got plans now? Yeah. He, he, yeah he's, what he told me that in, in his letters, because he's starting to dream now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in his letters, he said, right now, I, I can't decide what, I'm, what I want to do for a career. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a professional football player, not mm-hmm. NFL football, but the soccer. soccer football. Mm-hmm. His favorite team's Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Now, the good thing is being being an athlete and knowing how very few kids really ever get a shot mm-hmm. at even getting a D1 school paid for, much less doing exactly. it professionally. I didn't, I didn't rain on his parade. I just said, well, hey, let's just keep working at it. But when I, when I would, you know, kick the ball with him a little bit, it didn't take me long to see my, my, my son, you're not going to be playing for Manchester oh. United. <laughs> so, um, you know what I mean? I'm just keeping yep. it real. Yeah. You know, hey, sometimes you have to tell your kid that <laughs> when, you're, when your kid says they want to be a doctor, but they don't like science and math. Right, right, right. At Let's some point, you might this. want to start steering them in a different direction. Hey, a few <laughs> of those kids out. wind up on I, American I really Idol and their parents have always told them they were like blood. You know, yeah. well, maybe we should do something else. But, um, but he wants right now. What he's wanting to do is he's wanting to go to university, and mm-hmm. he says, "I want to do something that helps people when yeah. I get out." So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what he does. He's still young enough to, you know. One of my other compassion kids says he wants to be a surgeon, mm-hmm. and he and he's a, a Maasai family in the in the extreme rural parts of Kenya. Um, uh, one of my compassion daughters, who will probably graduate before Denzel and graduate from the program, you only sponsor the kids so they finish high school. Okay, but she's she's in Thailand, which is one of my favorite countries on the planet, mm. and we've been there like nine times. But um, she's wanting to she wants to somehow help her family farm better. Okay. So I could see wow. her doing some kind of like NC State, Clemson sure. University, uh, an agricultural type career to help her family with their farming career, but she's going to university. So we'll see. The good thing is they don't have to do all that. They can, they could be a welder. They could be a a cosmetologist to think compassion, finding out what they're really, really gifted at and 
they're helping them learn to do that as mm-hmm. a career so that when they graduate from the program, you know, they're not, they're not in poverty anymore. So, I was going to yeah. say, you've, you've touched on a little bit that it's, you know, compassion is not just about throwing money at something or feeding for a day or something like yeah. that. So yeah. what, what would be like the, the 90 second elevator spiel? Just, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about compassion and I'm super familiar with it. And I know Lee is, and you are just in case, you know, someone's like, well, what is this thing? What would be that little 90 second, yeah. two minute yeah. spiel of compassion international? Yeah. Well, Here's the thing. So many people have heard of Compassion International. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people haven't. Mm-hmm. I get that. But we're one of the largest nonprofits, especially international nonprofits okay. in the world. Yeah. Right? But, but what I want people to know is that it's way more than what they even realize it mm-hmm. is. Like they, they get warm, fuzzy feelings about how we try to help that little poor kid. And we hope that the money we send is going to a good cause. Mm-hmm. And we do it because we're just kind-hearted people. Well, what we don't realize is the life change that we're actually a part of. Yeah. And that's why I like to be passionate about it when I tell people. So, again, compassion is an evidence-based ministry. We, okay. we do things based on measuring outcomes. So I tell people all the time, if you want proof that something works, come to compassion. Because mm-hmm. we we've got thousands of kids who are now adults who are, you know, and 2 million kids are being sponsored now, a little wow. over 2 million. Yeah. And so the success ratio is just out of this world because here's why it works. Here's why it works. Because we have learned that compassion is not just physical. You've heard me say that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we know, look, whoever's listening right now, if you said the name of the county that you live in and you just said it out loud, if you went to some natives of that county, whether you live in California, Wyoming, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Florida, Georgia, whether you live in South America, whether you live in Asia, it doesn't matter where you're at. There's people that have lived in poverty. There's little pockets, little mm-hmm. areas of poverty that have been there as long as you can remember. Yep. And what happens is poverty is a monster. It just It's like shackles. Yeah. It's a stronghold. It's a mindset. It affects everything about a person. So it's not just physical. So if you're born into that poverty, it doesn't take you long to realize I'm just going to turn out the way my right. parents did and the way my grandparents did and the way my aunt did. And and the that's cycle. what happens. It yeah. just keeps repeating itself. And so whatever county you're in, the kids that, that are from the, the more poverty-stricken areas, they're going to be behind the other, skid, the other kids in school socially. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're going to be behind the other kids in school academically. So there's an educational side to poverty. And what people don't realize is in the developing world, compassion only serves in the countries where the poorest of the poor live. Mm-hmm. In the developing world, private or uh, public school is not free right. in most cases. And so a child living in extreme poverty has no option of going to school. Right. So it just keeps that monster just keeps repeating itself, if you see what I mean. So mm-hmm. what we have learned is that you have to attack poverty holistically. So mm-hmm. that's our method, number one. Number two, we've learned that you rarely reach someone if they're older. Okay. If you want to change that mindset, you've got to reach them when they're younger. So we, we, we're child focused. Okay. And we believe that God's you know, number one um, avenue for sharing the gospel is this church. And so we're church driven. So if you if you think that poverty starts spiritually and we think Jesus is that guy, we mm-hmm. really think he's, when you meet Jesus, poverty starts to leave your life. Mm-hmm. 
And then, and then you do all of this work that we're doing, this holistic child development in a church, mm-hmm. and they're getting to learn about Jesus and about the Bible, and they're getting to learn life skills, and they have people speak hope into their life, and they see people that looks like them that have done well. They're not in poverty anymore. It's not Americans coming and being the great white hope. It's right. people that look like them. Yeah. Uh, all of our Their people peers, are indigenous yeah. in all of our countries. Yeah. So the end result, when they graduate high school, they graduate from the program, and they're a biblically self-sufficient, transformed adult that more times than not, almost every time, they're no longer living in poverty. Um, most of them are Christ followers. And so what I like to tell everybody, if you told me, say it in, in 15 seconds, here's what we do. Mm-hmm. Compassion has this incredible program that's in a church that helps get poverty out of the child. Mm. So then we can get the child out of poverty. Oh, that's what we do. I love it. It really works. I love it. Really it really works, guys. I'm just telling you. Yeah, now yeah. you'll see why we, we do 10 kids. And if you come see me in five years, <laughs> you have a few more. Fired me, we'll be doing 15 <laughs> kids. Yeah. yeah well, and I know that we could never, like, I mean, you could probably talk for days on days about, you know, just stories and stuff like that. And, and oh, yeah. that would be awesome. And we're definitely going to have a link and, you know, just kind of want to yes, spread, sure. you know, just like you said, just knowledge and, and uh, sharing and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But before we wrap up and let you get back to your beautiful family, we have a fun question to ask you. Okay. Are you Great. willing? I'm willing. <laughs> have I scared you? <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm able, but I'm willing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're about to find out. So what would you say is the strangest thing y'all have in your fridge right now? That we have where? In your refrigerator. Ooh. Ooh, and being near a farm, the this might get pretty thing, fun. <laughs> the strangest thing. Well, here's yesterday. Yesterday I had waffles for breakfast. Uh-huh. And I was walking around the house and I'm one of those that my mind's a hundred miles an hour uh-huh. and I couldn't figure out where I had put my plate. Oh yeah. And guess where it ended up? In the it fridge. Was, <laughs> Yeah. Empty. So that's one thing that probably if I had to guess the strangest thing, because our, our, our refrigerator is really kind of boring. Oh, I would say it is a mallow cup. If anyone oh. knows what that is, it's a little chocolate yes. candy that looks like a Reese cup that's different. I love, I love to have cold, chilled Chocolate. chocolate. So I would say okay. a mallow cup. Uh huh. <laughs> I love it. That's pretty. I, I didn't know if you were gonna be like, oh, it's a milk bottle for one of the cows outside. Or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. We the cows funny. do end up in our yard yeah, often. Yeah. <laughs> we just call that. We they're not our. They're not, they don't belong to us. They okay. they're our neighbors. Now. Okay. So they really <laughs> are. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. We're so not great. farmers. Okay. I would love okay. to be a farmer, but I don't remember. I'm a. You I'm are adjacent to a farmer. You're the city boy. No chance. You're the adjacent farmer. Yeah, Some, sometimes yeah. that's the best because then you get the joy of the scenery and all that. But I tell you what, yeah, farming is yeah. hard work. Thank yes, you to all of our it farmers. I, there's a part of me, the longer we live out here, that I'm infatuated with it. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. That's fun. Uh, and I, it, it makes me respect farmers mm-hmm. so much now because they're so dependent yeah. on God. Yeah. Um, and we all are. Yeah. But imagine your crops. Yeah. Like, really depending on God sending rain. Yeah. Um, yep. And if you say, well, we've got irrigation says, well, okay, well, what if God sends a lot of rain <laughs> yeah. and it floods your whole crop? Too much out? rain. Like you're yeah. so dependent. That on balance. God. And 
I have yeah. so much respect for performers. I really do. For sure. Well, Scott, thank you so yes. much. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. And then, of course, you know, highlighting Compassion. And just, I really appreciate you taking time to hang out with us today. Yeah, and we're going to well, include the link to Compassion. We're, yeah, we'll include that link incredible. to Compassion here. I appreciate here. you letting me talk about Compassion. Yes. Well, we're glad you did. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to sign off and let you get back to your beautiful wife. So, so do let's see, you said your son is older and is married now. How, is your daughter um, still with you guys or has she moved out of the house? Nope. She's married and okay. we love him. His name's JD, her husband. And awesome. my son's wife is Lindsay. Her birthday was yesterday. Oh, so they, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my son has two children who are oh, awesome. Fun. And my daughter has one and a half. Okay. So she's got one, and the other one is due in March. Oh, so, that is um, so exciting. Yeah, it's going to be, a, it's gonna be our, the last uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas with just this number, because yeah. we'll have a new one this time next year. So oh, well, congratulations we pray. We pray. to you not, guys. Yes. We're not assuming anything on God, but right. uh, if God if God wills. Yeah. Yes. Thank Amen. you, guys. Hope All you, right. Hope you and everyone else has a great um Thanksgiving, and if this airs thank after you. Thanksgiving, have a great Christmas. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Scott. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh.